Welcome to Conscious Compassion, hosted by Charles Gray and Laura Darrell. This podcast will share stories of the different ways that people deal with low moments in their lives. How they manifest the drive to overcome obstacles and keep pushing forward. A fluid space with media, poetry, music, literary readings, or just plain storytelling. Coupled with in-depth interviews of the storytellers so that listeners can learn, relate, and be inspired. Spend a moment with us as we explore creative coping strategies for these chaotic times. Conscious Compassion. Where Where we we share share because because we we care. Welcome to Conscious Compassion. I'm Charles Gray. And I'm Laura Darrell. And today we have the pleasure of speaking to Broadway actor Tally Sessions. Probably one of the most popular people on Broadway, I'm going to say, or at least in New York, simply because this man is in everything. I don't know that he's ever stopped working for more than 27 seconds. Is it possible? Is it possible? I I, I know for sure that it's possible because it's happening. (laughs) My my bank account knows it's possible. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's just say he's very, very popular because he's a man of many skills and he can fit into just about any role. And those pipes. Uh, Those pipes. That too. That too. Among many things. So we're very, very pleased to have him with us today. And uh, he's going to tell us a bit about his his life and his dealings with uh, COVID and things that happened during that time. So without further ado, Tally Sessions. How are we doing? (laughs) We're doing good. We're doing great. I'm grateful to be here. Tally, if you could just for our listening audience because they don't know you and I want them to have an idea of what your life was like just you know leading in to the shutdown and mm. then you know the progression of events as they occurred so if you could just kind of mm. give us an idea of what what your everyday life was about and then kind sure. of move on in there uh well um, who as, are you yeah who am i that's a it's an existential question i ask every moment of every day um <laughs> but my day-to-day life uh i'm as you were so kind to say um i'm a professional actor and i've been very fortunate to work uh, uh a fair amount um in our industry um both on broadway and in new york and around the country and right before well i will say right right before COVID-19 uh, became uh, so notorious in our news cycle, um, I'm pretty sure it was here for months before that, um, I was in previews, I believe we'd done seven previews of the Broadway revival of Company, uh, directed by Marianne Elliott and starring Katrina Link and Patti Lapone, where they've changed the gender of the, of the leading character, Bobby, uh, to a cisgender heterosexual woman, uh, played by Katrina Link. And so I'm a standby and I cover four roles in that production. And we had done, uh, yeah, six, seven, maybe eight previews very much. We're, we're not even close to like freezing the show. And, um, you know, we were gathered one, afternoon by our producer to say this we might shut down for the weekend they're not quite sure i think we did one or two more previews and then we're told not to come to the theater on a thursday and then told that the i believe that the that the show was shutting down for five weeks or the whole industry was shutting down for five weeks uh on that friday or maybe we didn't know that until the monday i'm not quite sure but it you know it's i think like Everyone, like I mean, every, every every human, whatever industry you are, you are, you're involved in, or whatever your job is or your life is, if you lived in New York City or any other major metropolitan area, I would say in the United States, if not the world, all of a sudden your your life uh, came to a screeching halt as you knew it, and then there became a new normal, which lasted about you know what. Well, it's, we're still in it, right? It's like it's we're in. The, aren't we in the 18th month of 2020? Pretty much, that's kind of it. We're slowly crawling back. Yeah, uh... something like that. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was sort of that was sort of my day to day going going to uh, rehearsal and um, and uh, you know watching previews. Like uh, as a standby, you watch a lot and uh, and 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 that's it, you know. And uh, and uh, trying to learn the four roles that I that I covered and. Um, sort of being consumed 
by that and not thinking that a, a global pandemic was on the horizon and how lucky we all were to have that yeah. gift. Yeah, there was no foresight. None, well, none. apparently there was, but it yeah. was kept hidden from us. <laughs> yeah, if you were an epidemiologist or a member of the U.S. government. <clears throat> and even at that, they still have the same issues we got. So. Correct, correct. Yeah, so that, that was my life. That was my life uh, sort of in a nutshell, day-to-day, -day, right up to, uh, you know, in terms of the project I was involved with. So you had a friend. Just one, just the one. Just one friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not as popular as you say, Charles. Uh, <laughs> See, I'm sticking with my story. I know everybody, if I drop your name, it's like change in the world. Everybody goes, I know him. I know Tally. <laughs> <laughs> Ubiquitous. Uh, that's me. Um, but sorry, go ahead. You were saying. No, you were saying. I was just saying, and I, I guess I'm trying to figure out the easiest way to segue into Nick and his story. Because sure. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know your relationship with him and family and, and yeah, all of that. I can, I can, I'm, I'm happy to uh, talk about that and to clarify it uh, and, and, Put some context around it. Uh, the I had I known Nick from around. One of his best friends uh, is is a very good friend of mine, a wonderful actor named Preston Truman Boyd, and um, I had worked with Nick's wife, Amanda Klutz. Um, I know that she had been the associate choreographer of a production of Cabaret that I did at the Cape Playhouse. And that's when we actually worked together. But I, we both did the original reading of Bullets Over Broadway, the show in which she and Nick met. And I think that she might have been in that original reading. Um, but so I knew them both through just through the industry and were and always just loved both their energy. But uh, had never worked with Nick. But I, we were there. I, I guess I can talk about this because it's so years ago. Um, Nick and I were both cast in a production of. City of Angels at the um, Marriott Lincolnshire Theater. He was going to play Stone and I was going to play Stein. Um, and I should say, that, you know, for your listeners that don't know, like I also know for a fact that I was the second choice, but you never know. Those, <laughs> the, those, those jobs still come around and a job is a job. Um, right. But, uh, it was yours. Yeah. And, Meant to be um, yours. We both ended up getting other things that uh, we chose to do instead of City of Angels. So that was the only time I knew that we almost worked together. Uh, but he was so kind, he couldn't come see the production of, of Cabaret because I think he was involved in something else. But he came to see a run through in like NOLA Studios, you know, NOLA, old disgusting NOLA Studios right. on 54. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were doing a run through in this, you know, shoebox of a, of a studio, and um, he came to see it. And I just remember. Uh, him coming up, he was so, I mean, you know, he's a huge man. He's like six foot five, but he was, it just kindness like poured out of him uh, and came up to me and he clapped his big old paw on my shoulder. And he was like, he was like, brother, he was like, I just, I want to work with you now. And I was like, well, that's the highest compliment that uh, you could give me. Um, and, uh, and I guess I say all that in the, in the, in the sense of um, to clarify that it's not like we were best friends. Um, but I, I had deep, deep affection for both he and Amanda. And um, when she, when he went into the hospital, uh, which was speaking of you know things coming to a screeching halt and like out of nowhere, that happened very quickly for him and for their family. When he became ill, uh, Amanda put out this call saying, you know, she's going to play a song, and would everyone like it, it, that follows her on Instagram you know, sing a song at the same time, three o'clock Pacific time, six o'clock uh, Eastern. And the first day, uh, it was, uh, the very first time she did it was the Elvis song, uh, Got, a lot of, Got a Lot of Living to Do, that he loved. And the next day she did it, it was his song, Live Your Life, which has, you know, uh, taken on a life of its own and, and is the title of her book about her journey uh, with Nick and the loss of him and how that affected her. Um, but, uh, what happened was I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm in my apartment. I'm going to, I, what, what could I do other than what's the minimum amount of, of uh, contribution that I can make? And that is to 
play the song and put it out on social media that I'm listening and saying, you know, I, I, I do believe, I've certainly come to believe, and I, I think I believe at the time that, that a communal energy helps, you know, it helps healing and it really affects uh, people and affects the world. And um, so I played the song and I would just kind of bop it along. And I think I might've like done some kind of little shimmy or something. And a friend of mine reached out to me and said, you need to dance more. That was funny, like in the video. And when I, became clear that it was something Amanda wanted us to do every day, and I was all too happy to do it. I started dancing more, and then I found myself making costumes and uh, going to CVS in a mask and gloves and buying things like avocado face masks and bunny ears and things, just because I thought anything that I could do to try to like lift people's spirits, lift Amanda's spirits more than anything, I don't think any of us maybe his doctors knew, but I certainly didn't know that it would be as as dire as, as it ended up being. Um, but because I thought, oh, he'll have a slew of, of videos from not just me, David Josephsburg, oh, thousands of people uh, to, to, to watch when he finally gets out of the hospital. Um, but what encouraged me to keep going and to be I guess more ludicrous every every day was Amanda reaching out to me and saying, how much it meant to her and you know she was sent and she specifically told me and i know she said the same thing to david josephsburg that she, you know she said you're getting a lot of fans and i don't mean the sense of like fans of like oh i want social media followers she's saying she was saying you're doing a lot of good for people and i started to notice that this was this was a um this was an anomaly or, or, or a new thing for me that i was getting messages from people that i didn't know on social media saying uh, that, you know, what I was doing in terms of videos was making them laugh and providing some kind of levity and joy um, in, the, in, in a little respite from the enormity of, of, of what the world was dealing with. So, uh, and I thought, well, I, I need to keep doing it. And I, and I, I did, and it, that doesn't make me, um, it doesn't make me a martyr and doesn't make me a hero. It was just, I knew it was something that I needed to do. And there were days where I was like, literally like, how am I going to come up with another idea? But I knew that I had to, and I wanted to, and my day revolved around that. Like I, everything in my day revolved around making a video and airing it at 6 PM wow. for three straight months. Um, and, um, you know, even I, I when I, I came to my mom's house where I am now for a month um, in May of 2020, did videos every day in my childhood bedroom. Uh, nice. And I uh, traveled a couple other um, places throughout that three months. You know, and uh, just always made sure that I did something. And it it felt like you know part of a community. And I really believed he was going to be okay. Even. Even when they had to have his leg amputated, I was like, well, the guy's such a great actor, he'll still figure out a way. Um, uh, even when they said he'd had multiple strokes, you know, that I thought, well, you know, people can recover. Um, certainly none more so than his family, but like, you know, thousands of us, I was devastated when, um, when he passed. I remember saying to someone that the hardest part, other than that he wasn't there, physically anymore, and that his family was in such pain and mourning, was that our community, and when I say our community, I don't just mean actors, I mean everyone involved, you know, pe the people that work backstage, front of house, you know, that sell tickets, that work at concessions, that dress, that run the spot off, sound engineers, like we are a community of people, and that's one of my favorite things about being an artist uh, in, in live theater, we couldn't hug each other. Right. Right. And that was the you most- You couldn't even go to the hospital. Couldn't go to the hospital. I mean, think about all the people who's like, whether it's COVID or, or some other horrible disease where their loved ones were dying and they could, had to FaceTime, you know, right. the, the, right. Last, the last conversation were on FaceTime. You know, uh, people like partners and husbands and, and, and could not be in, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends couldn't be in the, in the delivery room when, when their partner was giving birth, you know? I mean, it, it was... Uh, it makes the scar deeper. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, that was, that was, it was very painful. Um, but I, I, I did, I, I looked at it as, 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 as a point of, um, of pride in a way, in a, in a, in a small way that I could contribute to this 
very, very, very um, powerfully moving and, and, you know, ultimately tragic story and the loss of this, I mean, wonderful artist, yes, but incredible human being. Um, I was kind of amazed because, I mean, I knew of him. I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we should qualify. This is about Nick Cordero because mm -hmm. we haven't actually used his name at this point. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was fascinating to me how, yes, his his particular circumstance was unique and ultimately rather tragic and long-lasting. Mm -hmm. um, but I was I never really understood how of all of the tragedies that were happening in New York and even within the community, because, I mean, we lost as as a Broadway community a lot of people. We did. How he got to be that point person. You couldn't turn on any news, any radio, any anything without hearing about him. I felt like it was such a shock to me just because at that point everything on the news we were hearing was it's it's mostly older people or people with um a lot of comorbidities and mm. i just was struck by his age mm. i remember thinking whoa how, how could a man so seemingly healthy have this kind of a response to it i didn't think that was a thing mm. and he was and he was he was very healthy i mean he's you know, his, his wife uh, has a, a burgeoning fitness empire and she, she had him exercising all the time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, who knows why and how it affects certain people. I also think that there's so much that has been learned in, in the aftermath of, or just as, as time has gone on, they know how to treat it. I, I believe, and I know I don't want to speak out of turn, but my understanding based on things I've read is that now Ventilating people is is the one of the last things that they want to do. They want to right. try to oxygenate them first, you know, right. get, the, get them on oxygen as long as possible. Um, who knows, you know, and, and also, you know, the viral therapies were not um, available no. to him. Uh, right, right. And but I think I think that uh, I, I think you know he had some notoriety. I mean, and, and Amanda did as well. And they're both there's you know there's lot tons of there are tons of thousands millions of wonderful human beings, any one of whom who has experienced loss and could have become the face of, uh, of tragic loss due to coronavirus. Who knows exactly why, but it, it, it certainly was. It's just shocking, you know, and also because I also think because it was so no matter no matter how many people it killed and it's and it's one person is, 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 is too many. We not experienced anything like that, you know, right, right. Um, I mean, I had it and I was like, and I, it, I just felt nauseous and, and a little, had a fever. Like, and what I could, that, what happened to Nick could easily have happened to me. It's just luck of the draw. Right. And I don't Absolutely. know why, I don't know if it's genetics. I don't know if it's amounts of, uh, uh, amount of the virus one is exposed to, who knows? Yep. There's still a lot of unanswered questions, which lot. makes it, lot. makes it harder. Yeah. In terms of, of what was happening inside of you. Um, as you're coming up with these uh, new ideas for videos every day and um, many of the places that, that you went. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I, I had said before, I didn't know really what was happening and I didn't know what your relationship was with him, but I was watching your videos. I did. I checked in rather consistently. I was one of your fans. Um, but what I noticed over time was that I found myself questioning how you were dealing with it emotionally mm. a bit. And as you got near closer to the end and you were like, there was, there was some video where you were like shirtless and slapping yourself and, and, and you had these big pink welts on you. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Charles <laughs> goes for the jugular. I want to, I want to see these videos. I guess you. I'm saying that because it clearly showed that you were on a journey and you started in one place that was really hopeful and energetic and exciting. And it went to a, what was becoming visually, for me at least, a fairly dark place. What was your emotional journey? Uh, I, I think that... Because um, I have not seen them, but I'm, now I'm definitely going to go and watch. There, because... are, there, are many, there are many, I think there are many on 
like it, I think I've saved a lot of them on my stories. Um, oh, they think, were on your stories. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. not actual posts. Well, actually, okay. yeah, actually, they are. A lot of them are posts. A lot of them, but 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 okay. meaning I I saved them. Like I think there's a whole like what do you call them highlights? This this shows how bad I am at Instagram. Um, <laughs> oh, trust. Uh, and, I'm and uh, but I think that they are or a lot of them, and a lot of them are were in the feed. Um, that's that's a really interesting question, uh, and uh, I, I will say I don't I don't know that I agree with the assessment, Charles, but I don't know that I disagree either because it, it's and I have to think about it. Um, well, that's why I'm asking yeah. it as a I'm I'm not trying to because I, I don't want it to sound judgmental or it whatever. Doesn't, it it's, doesn't sound. I, I'm just saying this is this is what I was seeing, and it 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 resonated with me. Yeah. It, it, it kind of triggered something in me and it made me think, I hope he's okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, well, here's the, here's the good thing. Uh, I, I will say that I, I, I have, uh, I have, uh, uh, see, I see a therapist once a week and I, and I, <laughs> I could not be a bigger proponent of, of, of mental health and you've come to the right show <laughs> and, and, and ending, ending, ending any, uh, stigma, uh, destigmatizing, uh, mental health pursuits. Um, uh, so that helped. Uh, I, once a week I would see her on, you know, a telehealth thing because I couldn't mm -hmm. see people in person, but I, I'll say this, I, I, I guess I'll draw a parallel to what I, I'm going through right now. You know, my, my mother is, has been diagnosed with stage four, uh, lung cancer that has metastasized to her, her brain and to her lymph nodes. Um, sorry. Thank you. Uh, and she's, sorry. she's, uh, thank you very much. And she just went through 10 rounds of radiation and she began chemotherapy today. And, and, and I sort of, this is what I say to her, like the medicine is the medicine, you know, I, that's and, and in terms of cancer treatment, you know, there's been so many advancements and they can, um, uh, but that's what, what other choice do you have? I, and I, I can only say this from my point of view. And I, I, and I use this in terms of what was going on with Nick and Amanda. What other choice do I have but to believe that the outcome is going to be the best one possible? What benefit is there? I mean, yes, I can prepare myself sort of realistically and know in the back of my head. But to, 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 hope. to, to yeah, what, what is the benefit of, of, of giving up hope? I don't see one. Um, I don't treat that. I don't treat any aspect of my life that way. And so I just saw, and yes, it very well could have it certainly appeared to be and might've been manic. Uh, and a lot of that was, you know, you, it was so clear. Uh, Amanda was so incredibly brave and raw in her communication on social media and, and, and the text, you know, some texts that we had and, I couldn't be helped but be affected by that. I don't know if that makes me uh, human. Human. Well, I was going to say an empath. I don't know if I'm an empath or not, but uh, uh, but I I'm sure there was a desperation, and and I also say this. I mean, uh, there's there's cer certainly probably a um, <laughs> you know I was like I felt a responsibility to like entertain, which sounds so superficial and i don't mean it in that way and no. I, and the well was starting to run dry so there was you know many times the well was running dry i was like what the hell am i going to do today mm -hmm. uh, because because i would also say as much as i said that my uh, my my days revolved around making videos i was like i still was like trying to figure out like every other person that made a living in our industry whatever part of the industry they worked in as a musician crew actor designer what all of it how to make a living, you know, outside of unemployment, you know, trying to teach things like that. So there'd be days where it's like, Oh God, I know I have to do video, but I haven't really put a lot of thought into it. Um, and there were days which it was all I could think about. Um, uh, so that might've been some of the manic energy, but I think as it, you know, it's sort of like one step forward, two steps back. It felt like, like a lot of us that were following his journey, that's what we felt. And that's, and, and that is not more, any more impactful than actually living it, which is what Amanda and his, his siblings and his mother were doing. Um, of course. but, um, you're like, Oh, he woke up, uh, you know, Oh, like he's, you know, intubated. They've got to put some kind he had a mini stroke. Oh God, they've got to put, I forget what the thing was called where, they put something in him and it caused blood clots, which is why they had to amputate the leg. And you're like, good God, they have to take off his leg, you know, and then he woke up. Um, and, 
and that was felt like a big victory, but there was just no real speech, you know, and he was still intubated and, uh, you know, he had a trick and just felt like he was trying to inch forward out of this quicksand. And every time you got a little bit out, it would drag you under a little more emotionally. And um, so I'm certain that you saw an authentic sense, sense of desperation of like, because there's nothing I can do. I mean, like I shared a meaning, there's nothing, there was nothing more uh, concretized that I could do um, other than I donated to the GoFundMe they set up for medical bills. My mother did, you know, I, right. I, I share, I shared it to people and they did, but um, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not an epidemiologist and I'm not a, viral researcher. So I, I didn't know what else to do. Um, other than you did a lot. And, and well, yeah, I mean, it's I, admirable. I, well, it's amazing. Really. I appreciate that. But I guess I guess my point is like, I, <laughs> I used the skills that I had. <laughs> and um, it, 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 it taught me quite a bit about checking in with myself, you know, um, self observation, because there were times where I was like, I need to make sure that I'm doing this for the right reasons. And mm -hmm. not because there were certainly, I certainly started to gain a lot of followers because Amanda would share it, you know, and, um, and I also, you know, I had some, I, I learned a lot about social media, you know, like my David Josephsberg, uh, my good friend who I co-host this sort of like feel good talk show with, um, his wife has a, a, a very um, successful um, nutrition and weight loss business, and she's got a big social media following. And I started to get these like horrible comments on my Instagram posts from people, you know, saying horrible things about Nick, about me. And I was wow. like, what? Oh. And I was like, what's what up is? with that? You got trolled? Yeah, but they. She says they're bots. You know, they're they're or they're they're people that were they're that literally you go on and they'd had stolen a picture of Nick. And it was their icon and they had two followers, you know, and it's like, look, oh. got it. And, and their sole purpose for whatever reason is to is, antagonize is to antagonize just because they're people that are hurting or they, they want to get traction some way by engaging in people with some kind of following, which will somehow gain them a following. And, and I remember Liz, David's wife just said, Tal, you just can't engage because the first time I saw it. I'll say, you know, I'm a pretty easygoing person to a degree, but when I get mad, I get really mad. And I was like, I want to just beat the hell out of this person. I mean, it's just horrible, <laughs> horrible yeah. what they're doing. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I remember I, this is not even like being, I don't know what the, is this the definition of trolling? There's some older gentleman who I guess was like a online theater critic who some, I remember, and you always remember the bad ones. It's like, 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 <laughs> Isn't that the truth? like he said, he said something like a man's dying. This is, this is, you know, your clowning is, is pathetic or something like that. And I was like, Oh, like, and people, wow. like people said, there's one guy, they would talk about like, like my weight, you know? And, 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 and I was like, Oh, wow. But it did make me think, all right, am I doing this for the right reasons? And at the end I, I, I do, I would, but I would be a liar. If I said that the that the attention that came with it wasn't uh, right. gratifying in some way, you know, like uh, like I, I would I would be lying. Uh, like that's not why I did it, but it was it was an auxiliary. Um, well, thing isn't that, that happened. isn't that part of being an actor or in in the arts at all? It's like, of course, our main objective is to lift people up, inspire them, educate them. Um, entertain them, make them feel better, give them an escape. Um, but we also do get something out of it. Um, well, that... If we didn't, there'd be no reason to, to, <laughs> to do it. Otherwise, we just do it in our living rooms. You know? Exactly. Right. I mean, I, I will say this, and it's I've had to come to a, uh, I've just decided to own it. I was like, yeah, any time that I post like a performance of myself or or uh, or like a, a workout thing, like a thirst trap or whatever, like I'm like, or a nice picture, I'm like, yes, of course it's vanity. Of course I want you to like it. That is why I'm posting it. Yes, that is why. And that is okay. You know, like, 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 I'm, I'm not going to be like false modesty. Like, oh, I just, you know, I like, I love when people are like, you know, like so-and-so, so-and-so's show opened. That this has happened to me so many times. A show I'm in opens and I see someone post. Like, I remember, <laughs> like, I remember I was in Falsettos, um, that Lincoln Center revival, and someone posted, uh, happy opening to Falsettos, and this makes me think of the time I played Wizard and, like, posted a photo of myself. So I was like, 
what the hell does that have to do with anything? Um, it's just more self aggrandizement. Yeah, self aggrandizement, you know. What were the things that you, I, I know you said you, you speak to a therapist on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you, did you spend, you also said that you went to your mother's. So were you were you at your mother's through most of of the lockdown and and the the long parts of it? No, I was mostly in New York. Uh, I spent okay. a, a month, uh, a solid month, the month of May 2020 at my mom's, and then a couple weeks here and there towards the in the last quarter of of, of 2020. But mostly okay. in New York. Mostly in New York. Mostly in New York. So you were dealing with the isolation that everybody else had to deal with then. Uh, yes, yes, but I will, I will say yes, but <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I will, I'll be honest, like once I, so I contracted COVID, uh, and like early mid June, um, tested positive, quarantined, quarantined for two weeks, went back, tested positive again. Ooh. Uh, so I had to quarantine for another two weeks and then finally, um, was, uh, negative and tested positive for the antibodies. So, uh, I, I will say that I, like I went when, when outdoor seating started, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would go, like I went to bars, like in restaurants in the summer. I was not as, um, maybe careful is the word as uh, once I'd had it, I was not as careful, which is strange, you know, that I felt that I felt Protected, and I had like a a pod, you know, of people, but I still would walk places, you know, and and even wear I would wear masks, but once I was seated, I wasn't wearing a mask. So yeah. uh, so I don't know I don't know that I experienced. I mean, I think I spoke to someone, not someone I knew, but like a, a, a someone that followed me and, and and said that they hadn't set foot up that out of their apartment for a year. Right. Yeah. I I don't, my mental health would deteriorate so fast. And I mean, there's a lot of differences of opinion about there about which science to follow and the communication of stuff, which we don't need to get into on this podcast. But no, there's lots um, of people handled it in many, many different ways. And I was just curious how how you did, because I wanted to know how it impacted you uh, emotionally. People who people who did tend to um, keep themselves away from everybody. Yeah, had a really rocky time because I think, they were yeah. just trying to deal with their demons and being locked in four walls. Yes, um, but Couldn't you seem to it. have had quite a bit of community to help you. I did. I was. I was. I was very fortunate uh, in that way. And even I will say, even in the first, I mean, those first seven weeks. I mean, I. I, I like. I think again, I'm not unique in this. I was glued to Cuomo's, you know. Uh, state of New York address uh, every day. And then, so I, I, I felt like, you know, in those first seven weeks, uh, when I was just in my apartment and would m- go to the grocery store a couple times a week, half a block away or a block away, I was just like, wow, this is so strange. But I didn't feel, I didn't ever feel stir crazy, you know, like I would work out in my apartment and talk to people on FaceTime and check in with my mom and, you know, all of a sudden, it seemed like very quickly theaters were like, hey, can you can you can you make this recording? Can you sing this for, you know, um, like so I was also busy doing things to try to like, uh, you know, initially donate my time in any way. So I never felt that sort of isolationism. That's wonderful. I think that's uh, a blessing. It is a true blessing. It is a true blessing because I'm very much an extrovert who is fed on socializing. <laughs> um, but so. you you made that choice and you took ownership of that. And I think that's a great. There are a lot of people who um, weren't comfortable doing that, but then they suffered the consequences of isolation. So I guess just the agency, you you owned your agency, you made your choices, you did what was best for you, which is, you know, good. Healthy. I hope, so. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, and, and, and lucky, you know, like you I weren't said. running around licking people. So <laughs> not, not, not then. Uh, oh, consensual, consensual. Uh, um, I think that there are, I mean, that the title of your podcast is conscious compassion. Like it's the, like no matter whatever choice you make, we are all still parts of a society and it's our responsibility to try to protect one another as best we can. I mean, I think we can only do 
our level best every day. And that changes depending upon stressors, you know, what's going on in our lives. Um, so I did the best I could and I often failed, often fail and will often fail, but I did the best I could. I can, I can say that, which wasn't always great. <laughs> did those videos help you um, get through? I know you said you felt like you were a part of something very powerful and very moving. Uh, and I know you said that there were days where they were difficult because it was almost a stressor thinking of what to do, but mm -hmm. did they help you um, get through that time in a, I guess for yeah, yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Laura, you were, you were saying uh, like all the things, there's all these wonderful reasons that we're, that the three of us are involved in the arts and all of our colleagues and friends are involved in the arts. Um, but uh, it, in a small way, actually maybe not so small, it kept me creative when that had been um, uh, ripped out of not only my life, but uh, all of our lives. Right. Um, it kept me it kept me creative in a way it fired that part of my brain in some way yeah no that's yeah. i think it's essential it's yeah. absolutely essential because there's nothing worse than taking taking a kid's finger paints away you know when when the mind is just is racing and you have absolutely nothing else to do nowhere to go you've read everything you've seen everything you can't netflix another possible second mm -hmm. and you've got all this stuff you want you need to get out and uh it's it's wonderful that you were able to find an outlet for it and not just an outlet but an outlet that um served a real purpose yeah i i, I mean, thank you for saying that uh, i not but i will say i think that that is a thing i know that there are other um callings in life where people feel this but i can say unequivocally that this has felt for me and i imagine i don't want to speak for either one of you but i, I i've certainly you know many friends and colleagues who feel the same this is something i need to do it's not, it's not just, it's it, it, like, like I need to do it because that's, that it's, you know, you can talk people, it's such an interpretive art form. People can say this person talented or not, or certain skill, but it's, it, whatever people, however people want to absorb other people's talents, it is still something that I need to do for myself. And, um, like it's part of my metaphorical blood. It's part of my soul. Um, and so any little bit that I got to dole out or experience uh, was helpful for my own mental health. Right. Yeah. Right. Or what wonderful. are you what are you doing now or what creative are you? I mean, you must be gearing back up to do company. Uh, or why did you have a, a job offer? For me? <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, I'm uh, right. Well, right now I am. Um, I mean, I, I teach at the, at the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts and that's some actual semesters over this um this week so i teach private voice and acting as well so i've been teaching a lot i do um i've been doing a lot of demo work the last year i've been very fortunate that um i've found work like just recording songs for composers um i do this the, another thing that keeps me creative is i do have a weekly um show on instagram live uh with david josephsburg called sessions with josephsburg which was born out of um our support um for uh nick and amanda we were so inspired by both of them and decided when nick passed we talked to each other and we said we want to try to keep bringing some kind of positivity to, pe to people's lives so once a week, especially if I'm in New York, once a week I'll trek out to New Jersey where David lives and we'll record a show and put it out there for an hour and we just sing songs and tell stupid dad jokes. And But we, the, <laughs> the other thing that we do is we quite often will invite people on who seem like they have a really wonderful, it's a wonderful person or a really thought-provoking ideology or organization. We had Patty Mirren to talk about uh, mental health awareness. Uh, we just had this incredible, um, I just think he's, I, honestly, I think he's like joy personified. His name is Gurdip Pandar and he's, uh, he's he dances. Um, uh, he's been dancing for the last year and he's gotten quite this following and, and, and it's, it, he just encourages people to dance and he talks about how dance like brings joy and, 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 and inspires other people. Um, had Ray Lee, uh, Diane Phelan, Nick Walker, um, so it's just, that's, that's felt creative in a way, but yeah, I mean, I will gear up to do company. It seems like so far away cause it doesn't even start rehearsal until mid November. Uh, there's a possibility that I'm going to do a, another show before that. Um, and, uh, if that comes to, uh, I mean, 
I guess once it's announced, I can I can say what it is. But um, uh, but the honest, I'll be quite honest with you. My main focus is is being in North Carolina and taking care of my mom right now. Like that's the, yeah. and everything else falls by the wayside. Yep. Um. So uh, so I'm here for her and trying to keep her spirits up and make her laugh and keep her fed and and uh, do little things here and there to um to 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 keep going. I was saying to a friend of mine yesterday that. Uh, because I'm, I'm, so, I'm relentlessly positive, uh, with my mom, like, like we were at a, um, a doctor's appointment the other day and the nurse practitioner who's doing like all the input for her weight and stuff. Uh, she was saying, how are you doing? And I was like, we're doing great. She's gonna, she's gonna kick this thing's ass. And, and, and she said to my mom, she's like, oh, you just must love having a son who's so positive. And I was like, yeah, it's great. Um, and she was like, no, it is. And I was like, it's, it's got, I mean, that's, that's my focus you know what why as i said earlier what other what other choice is there yeah um, well there there are other choices but are they as good or healthy <laughs> I, I, sure. I i guess honestly lord that that's sort of what it's like it's like nothing else feels feels serviceable in any way like it, it just doesn't it to me i know mm -hmm. that there are people that are like well they, they would want to prepare themselves and i'm done the stuff logistically that that needs to happen preemptively is, is happening but i just i'm i'm, I'm of the mind that I, ref, I refuse to i refuse to give in to the negative until unless I, it's absolutely staring me right in the face it seems like a perfect way to go if that serves you you know and i think absolutely. like taking again it seems like you're the kind of guy who takes ownership of that and doesn't you know because a lot of people will be like will see that and try to convince you that you're somehow um shoving things down or away or not not facing things and i think that that is it's such a completely personal i think it's one thing that charles and i keep coming across on this podcast is how personal all of these choices are and what works for you may not work for somebody else but as long as you're being honest with yourself on does it work does it help you get through the day that's a beautiful thing <laughs> oh and i will say in, in terms of in terms of like stark honesty i will say like i'm positive for my mom and i'm positive like when i'm uh teaching and i have a little less bandwidth right now for anything else so i'm certainly impatient like when i drive you know if i get cut off or something uh but uh, well, I mean, yeah it's not it's normal for it's me not, it's not all sunshine and, and flowers you know it's uh but I, I try as much as i can to um lead my life with that point of view it seems well placed and very much in the that you're present um yeah and that remember. that that really seems to be the important thing for me it's about being present in that moment mm -hmm. because if you are authentically there for the person then there's no reason not to be happy yeah you know the yeah. rest is going to happen no matter what Correct. you know it's, it's it's going to be whatever it's going to be you can't do anything about it so you might as well make the most of what you've got and that time is precious so just be present be there a hundred percent and you know it is a good thing yeah i i, mean, I agree i agree Presence is everything. It really is. It, it allows you to be with somebody without feeling the need to do anything more. Mm -hmm. mm. Very well put. Very well put. Charles so always brings it home. Uh, you know, <laughs> Thank you so much. Being the senior so in the group, you know, we're supposed to come up with something. I've got this little book on the side. You know, I've been flicking pages while y'all were talking, <laughs> trying to find the right line <laughs> for just that moment. You have been wonderful. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a request, actually, mm. um, oh. which I don't usually do, but I am, because, of course, you have this glorious voice that we all know and love, I mean, it's fine. but our guests don't, um, <laughs> and because you have a positive message that you are both living and uh, aspiring to, really, mm -hmm. um, I'd, I'd love it if you could send us some performance of yours, some song that you think would be, I don't know, that would, that fits your message. You know, as artists, how do we express ourselves best, but through our art? Okay. So, you know, we, we have talked about all of this, but it would be wonderful to hear you sing it as well. Well, I will certainly get that to you. Thank you. I Thank you so that. much, Tally. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. And it's just... my sincere pleasure. 
You've been, been great. You guests. really have. And I'm, I'm sorry if I was, I didn't really mean to have at you. You so didn't. I hope, you I didn't. hope I you're didn't. okay. Charles, you can't, you can't go back now. I, 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 I didn't take it that way at all. And I, and I, and, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to sort of like assess, um, assess my past. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, my best to you and you. and your mother. Thank you so much. And uh, you know, enjoy your time there because I sure this, will. this is this is this is precious, precious time. Yes, it is. And uh, and have 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 fun with her. I know you will. I will. Give her thank, our love. Thank you, my friends. I certainly will. Have All a right. good night. All right, both of you be well. Thanks. Bye bye. For the first time in my life. I am not outside the moment With a camera in between me And the world I think I know For the first time in my life I am somehow part of something You surround me You connect me And I think I can't let go For the first time in my life You have opened up a channel There is nothing to contain us We are joined and we are free For the first time in my life I am risking something precious I am asking you, Francesca Come with me I can tell you I know what the future will be Who knows anything? I just look at those eyes You've got so much to see let me show you there's crowds and camels and hillsides to climb. All I know is in all of the time, from man's first breath to God's last morning, you and I are just one second spinning by in one split second. And a million miles to pull 
it's impossible But this thing, this is bigger than what we can see This is destiny, we are tied, we are locked, we are bound This will not be reversed or unwound Whatever fate the stars are weaving We're not breaking, I'm not leaving And you and I are just one second Spinning by just one second Thanks for joining us for this episode of Conscious Compassion. We'd love to hear your input and to hear what you do to make it through. You can reach us on our website at ConsciousCompassion.net. We've got some amazing interviews coming up that we can't wait for you to hear. Until then, catch you next time. I'm Charles Gray. And I'm Laura Darrell. Conscious Compassion. We're We're sharing sharing is is caring. caring.